All right, guys, you are Locked On Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined by Adnan Ikic, a contributor to the Falcoholic, and he's going to talk with me about what priorities the Falcons should be targeting not only in round one of the draft, but also entering day two of the draft. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many, many years, formerly at Falcfans.com. RIP, still going strong on Twitter at Falcfans. And, of course, the host of this world-renowned Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode features my conversation with Adnan Ikic, a contributor with the Falcoholic. You can catch him on the Falcoholic Live YouTube show weekly on Wednesdays. And Adnan's joining us to talk a little bit about the big trade in the NFC South, um, talking about Sam Darnold joining the Carolina Panthers, whether that moves the needle. We'll talk about sort of the excitement uh, for the upcoming Falcons draft, given how high they're picking. We'll talk about sort of what they should be looking to do um, at the top of the draft, whether that's staying at four and taking a player at this position or a player at another position or trading back. And then we'll get Adnan thoughts on sort of what the Falcons should do on day two of the draft. We don't spend that much time talking about day two of the draft, and that's something that I'm hoping to rectify over the next couple of weeks as we gear up to the draft and, and get you guys set for what should be the priorities there. And then we'll sort of get Adnan's big picture thoughts on sort of what he wants to see, what sort of is the big takeaway, the big narrative, the big goal, the mission statement, whatever you want to call it, for what the Falcons under new general manager Terry Fontenot need to achieve and accomplish uh, out of this upcoming draft class. So we'll get into that conversation coming right up. All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. Of course, I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today... I am joined by our illustrious guest, none other than Adnan Ikic of the Falcoholic. Adnan was last on this podcast, making an incredible run, a Baylor-like run to the end of the Falcons historian shootout. But unfortunately, he wound up being the Gonzaga in that situation, losing to Kevin Knight in that epic battle. We were all rooting for you, Adnan, much like most, some, I don't know, some people were rooting for Gonzaga the other night. But, uh, you know, I hope I didn't necessarily bring up some bad memories uh, with that intro, Adnan, but welcome back to the show. I'm just uh, opening up old wounds <laughs> at this point, huh? I haven't even gotten into it yet, but no, it was, uh, it was, it was very fun. Um, thank you for having me on back then. And, you know, it was, it was an honor to, to make that run. But I was going to say, I'm not exactly Baylor. Baylor won. And, yet, you know, second place, that's just the first loser, huh? Fair enough. Fair enough. Anand, um, there was some big news in the NFC South yesterday with Sam Darnold joining the Carolina Panthers. I'm, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that trade? Do you feel like it moves the needle for the Panthers or really any team in the NFC South? I want to preface this by saying that I, I like Sam Darnold. And, you know, I like him as a prospect uh, in a vacuum. A second round pick for him is more than fair especially given the fact that a guy like Josh Rosen was traded for a second rounder, you, you know, that's the going rate, but I don't see how it moves the needle very much just because I don't know how much of an upgrade is he going to be over Teddy Bridgewater this upcoming season. 
And the Carolina Panthers, I don't think it's a secret. They were in on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They were in on trading up for a quarterback. And after they, after the 49ers uh, jumped everyone up to number three, I think the Panthers knew that the writing was on the wall. The, the Falcons were not going to trade with them. So I think this was one of those last-ditch moves. And I, uh, as much as I like Darnold, I, I don't see the reason why they made this trade, to be honest, given the fact that they have Bridgewater. Now, I could be completely wrong. Darnold could get away from Adam Gase and, you know, become what we thought he would become as the number three overall pick a few years ago. But I'm very skeptical at the moment. I, If I were them, I would have just stuck it out with Teddy this, this coming year because then they also locked in for $18 million on that fifth-year option, which they could get out of. It's unguaranteed if they cut him before then, barring injury. But it's still it's still an investment to make when they already have that quarterback position secured. I think now they have like fifty million dollars tied up in quarterback this coming year. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was one of those things where like you're you're betting big on the him being Ryan Tannehill two point right? Because like, and for me, I look at it like I don't know why you wouldn't wait until the draft to see if one of these quarterbacks is there at eight. And I get it from the perspective that a lot of people were talking about it when they look at this year's draft class and this year's quarterback class and compare it with uh, that 2018 class that Sam Darnold was in. And a lot of people thought Sam Darnold was the best quarterback in that draft class. And I've seen various people do their own rankings and say, like, where would you slot in the 2018 class with this year's class? And a lot of people say it's like I've seen some people's rankings like Trevor Lawrence won you know, whoever they have this year to Zach Wilson or Justin Fields and then like Sam Darnold's number three. So the argument that some people would say is like Sam Darnold is a better overall prospect than whoever the Panthers would wind up getting if they were getting the fifth quarterback in this draft class. But I don't know. I, I question that a little bit just because I think, yeah, you're you're basing that off of what Sam Darnold was four years ago. And we've seen three years of Sam Darnold not be good. And so I, I don't think you can necessarily believe that he's, that player that is that we thought he could be three years ago is still in there, but we'll, we'll find and out. Also, also just to go a little bit against that argument, the big value with these quarterbacks is their rookie contracts. And Sam Darnold has one more year where he's, you know, very affordable. And then he hits that fifth year option uh, this coming year after this season of $18 million, then he's a free agent. So it's one of those things where you're not really comparing it, Sam Darnold against these prospects, like on an evil, on an even level, on an even scale, because, you know, you're talking about Zach Wilson for four years on rookie scale deal versus Sam Darnold for one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, So we're going to pivot here, uh, much like the Falcons being considered the pivot of the draft, according to some, and get into what uh, the Falcons may do at the top of the draft and get Adnan's uh, thoughts on that coming up on today's Lockdown Falcons. But before we get there, guys, we're talking about how the 2021 NFL draft starts with the Falcons. And speaking of starts, 
why not start your day with that energy boost provided by the best tasting protein bar out there on the market in built bar. If you don't know about built bars, they all have 100% real chocolate in them. So they taste just like a candy bar. They come in great flavors like coconut, almond, peanut butter, cherry, barcia, lemon, almond, cheesecake, caramel, brownie, cookies and cream, and so many more flavors and built bars aren't just tasty. They're healthy too. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. I like to use them as low calorie meal replacements to give me that energy boost in the morning for breakfast and lunch. Maybe you need them for uh, energy boost pre or post workout. Just head over to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. So before we get into the conversation about what the Falcons should do at the top of this draft, I want to let you guys know that uh, even though I have you covered on all things Falcons, you probably wonder what, you know, who's got me covered for the rest of sports. Of course, host Peter Rikowski has you covered there with the locked on today podcast. It's all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So Adnan, you know, I just mentioned it, the Falcons being the pivot at number four, does that make you a little bit more exciting that a lot more people are at least from the national perspective, focus on this Falcons pick because everybody seems to think that the, the quote unquote draft starts with the Falcons at the fourth overall pick. Uh, it's definitely exciting. Uh, it, it's definitely, in my opinion, maybe the most exciting draft for the Falcons going into it since probably the Jake Matthews one uh, after that horrendous 2013 season, just because the Falcons have never really, you know, picked this high since then. And, you know, I, I've, I'm definitely excited. I was tracking the rankings uh, going down, going down the stretch, looking at the teams around the Falcons, if they were going to win or lose and everything, you know, worked in our favor up until the Texans blew that uh, game against the Titans in week 17, where we could have possibly had a top three pick, but it's definitely, I think this is maybe even more exciting than that Matthews one. And, you know, probably, in some in some eyes and some opinions, it could even be the most exciting draft class since 2008 going into it. So, I mean, it's not every day when the Falcons have been able to pick top five. You know, it hasn't been since 2008. So it, it's definitely one of those things where I think Falcons fans should should enjoy this. You know, let's, let's calm down a little bit. We don't have to go on an all-out civil war on Falcons Twitter about what, what the Falcons should or shouldn't do with the number four pick. Let, let's just... Yeah, you know, enjoy enjoy the road that uh, this new coaching staff and this new regime is going to take because it, it's it really is an exciting time to be a Falcons fan this offseason. Look, you know, I could I could spend fifteen minutes on on the whole Civil War aspect, but we'll just move on uh, from that. I know you guys have you know I haven't watched every show, but the the episodes I've caught this offseason, it seems like uh, the collective group of you guys that make weekly appearances on the Falcoholic Live seem to be on board with taking a quarterback at number four. So uh, I don't want to necessarily assume that you um, still hold that opinion, but you know, what do you think is the right move for the Falcons at that number four pick? I, I do still hold that opinion. I do think quarterback is, is the way to go. If it were up to me, I would go quarterback just because the positional value of the quarterback is so, so important. It's the most important position in all of sports. I don't think I would be, you know, debated on with that statement. And you want to, 
you want to cover that need before it becomes a really big need. So the Falcons have this golden opportunity to take a really good quarterback prospect. And from, you know, from everyone that I've been talking to, you know, all of the draft uh, people that I've spoken with, they are in agreement that this is a pretty strong quarterback class, that next year's class, and we don't know what could happen between now and next year, doesn't really stack up as well as this one. The Falcons have this opportunity within the top five to take one of these really, really good quarterback prospects and to bridge the gap after Matt Ryan and to possibly have your next guy for the next 10 or 15 years. And of course, it's not an exact science. Of course, the pick could bust, but you know, any pick could bust. Um, any position you take that could end up being a bust. Uh, I, I would roll the dice with the quarterback just because, you know, you don't want to end up being where, for example, the New Orleans Saints are right now, where they're trying to talk themselves into into the Taysom Hill experience. Fair or enough. even the Panthers, or even the Panthers, who now had to trade for Darnold, and, you know, their quarterback position is still a question mark. It's, it's a position you can't win in the NFL without a quarterback. Agreed. Agreed. Now – You've expressed that opinion. Let's say that Terry Fontenot says, no, I I disagree with that. Um, Is there a player, is there a position that as far as a plan B goes, that would satisfy you if the Falcons went in another direction other than quarterback in this first round, whether that's staying at four or trading back, whatever the case may be? Uh, Plan B for me uh, would be trading back. Uh, If we can trade back and get a haul of picks and I one thing I, that I don't want to see in a trade back is trading back just for the sake of it. Like if, if you want to trade back, trade back and make it worth your while, especially because a team trading up, you know, be it possibly Denver, maybe new England at 15, maybe even Minnesota at 14, uh, maybe even all the way back to Chicago at 20. If you're willing to go all the way back there, that team is probably going to go up for a quarterback and they're, is probably an unspoken quarterback tax when it comes to the draft. We saw San Francisco pay it. Uh, we saw them give three first-round picks to go from 12 to 3. For me, I, would, I wouldn't mind a trade back, but I would want multiple first-round picks in a trade back minimum. I, I think that, that needs to be something that where the discussion starts with uh, the first this year, first next year, and maybe even a day two pick this year or next year. And that's just to start negotiations. And then after that, you know, trading back to maybe, let's say, nine and taking a guy like a Micah Parsons or a Patrick Sertain, you know, that would be, you know, very satisfying. And I think Fontenot would come out of the draft looking very smart if he did that. Uh, like I said, my main pre- preference is to go quarterback. But if a scenario like that plays out, then, you know, of course, I would be very happy about it. Now, I've been pretty openly skeptical about the probability of the Falcons trading back. I, I feel like the two teams that were most likely to give the Falcons a haul for that number four overall spot would have been San Francisco and Carolina, and we knew that Carolina wasn't going to trade with them. Um, you know, I think there's still hope out there that some other team like Denver, like some of the teams that you mentioned, will come up. Do you feel like the trade back possibility is going to uh definitely or potentially be there or do you share my skepticism uh i'm leaning more toward your side on this just because i'm pretty sure that uh, a team may not want to pay the price that the falcons are asking for and the falcons may end up staying at four and that would be you know perfectly fine with me as well if Fontenot decides i don't want to go quarterback i want to build for this team right now then 
you know, you have the opportunity to, to take a possible generational tackle in a Panay Sewell. I know uh, Kyle Pitts is a very, very polarizing figure right now, and he is the talk of the town uh, on Twitter. And, you know, Pitts, uh, I'm kind of I, – I would have hated the pick a few months ago if if they were to call Kyle Pitts' name at number four. You, you know, just between you and me, I, I wouldn't hate it, you know, at this point, just uh, after, after seeing uh, – seeing him throughout this pre-draft process, but the Falcons are definitely in a really good position, even if they don't take quarterback, even if they can't trade back, take a really, really good player, a generational player at, you know, at, at, a, a, at a premium position like tackle or to, you know, bolster this offense with a potent, with potentially the best tight end prospect we've ever seen in the pre-draft process. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you, you make a point that, even if the Falcons do stay at four and don't take a quarterback, we know, I, I like, I think, I, I think your sentiment of if you're going to stay at four, take a quarterback, if you're not going to take a quarterback then try to trade back and get picks. And I think that's a sentiment I've at least heard a lot of people hold. I don't know if that's necessarily the majority opinion on it, but I think we, we kind of know given some of the recent reports that in a scenario where the Falcons stay at number four and take a non quarterback, it wasn't because they weren't trying to trade out. It was because what you said, they set a price for what that fourth overall pick was worth and nobody was willing to pay that price. So, um, you know, I don't think we're going to have a scenario like it was last year where I think people were criticizing the Falcons for taking AJ, reaching on AJ Terrell uh, in, in the same way. Although you never know, maybe the Falcons will take Quiddy pay number four overall. And then we'll still be I happy. I would not like that at all. <laughs> I would be very disappointed with that. To be <laughs> I, would... I, I'm at the point where any defensive player of four, I don't think any defensive players are worth the fourth overall pick right now. I would agree with you on that one. Um, a lot of good players in the middle of the first round on defense worthy of the Falcons pick, but not with a top five pick, but um, let's talk a little bit more about after round one and get your thoughts on maybe some priorities that you would like to see the Falcons address on day two, since very few people seem to be focused on, you know, the rounds after round one. It was, people often forget that, you know, there are rounds two through seven and the Falcons have eight other picks in this draft class. And that nonsense. And the Falcons are only allowed to make one pick. And if they don't address their needs with that one pick, then, you know, the season's a failure. Pretty much. Might as well, might as well uh, pencil in another top five pick next year. Absolutely. That is the sentiment online and it cracks me up all the time. So we'll, we'll pick Adnan's brain on that coming up on today's lockdown Falcons podcast. But before we get there, guys, I do want to plug uh, the MLB side of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where you can find a daily podcast devoted to your favorite Major League Baseball team, including the Atlanta Braves. Check out the Lockdown Braves podcast hosted by Dylan Shore or your other favorite team's daily show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL and March Madness might be over, but the NBA, NHL, NASCAR, and FCS college football are all in full swing. And of course, Major League Baseball is back, baby. And bet online is not just for sports. It even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine because bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device 
to sign up today at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, sign up today at betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On, and you'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So it is April, guys, and Locked On NFL Network of podcasts is shifting into draft mode. April nineteenth through twenty six. You got to tune in to the ultimate mock draft in 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts like Michael Lombardi, Brian Baldiger, and Michael Irvin. And of course, you know, folks like me, myself, uh, who's at the top of the list. And if you want to tune into that, stay tuned for more information and where you can find the ultimate 2021 mock draft presented by Odyssey in the Locked On Podcast Network. So we're here with Adnan Ikic of the Falcoholic. And as I mentioned earlier, we talk quite a bit about what the Falcons should do at the top of the draft, but let's talk about what they should do on day two of the draft at the very least. And whether you want to throw out positions, whether you want to throw out players, sort of what do you think should be the Falcons focus after round one? Well, especially if the Falcons do go quarterback in round one, I would like to see the Falcons start addressing defense afterwards, uh, you know, day two. I don't want to lock myself into, all right, you know, we need to have this player, this specific position, just because the draft always plays out differently than what we, than what we expect. You know, we even saw it, uh, case in point was a few years ago with Calvin Ridley. I legitimately thought he could have gone top 10 in that draft and he falls to 26. And sometimes you just have to take what the draft gives you. So, you know, there's a possibility, maybe a guy like Gregory Rousseau, uh, maybe he falls down to pick 35. You know, th- there's been some skepticism about him throughout the pre-draft process. I'm skeptical about him being there at 35, but you never know. He's a guy that, you know, we talked about a few months ago on the Falcoholic about, you know, Falcons trade back to 9 or 10, maybe take Rousseau as one of the better uh, pass rushers in this draft. But one thing I would really like to see the Falcons do throughout uh, the draft after round one is kind of rebuild that secondary a little bit. Because, you know, especially uh, the Falcons lost three safeties from that safety room and uh, Neil Casey and Ricardo Allen throughout this offseason. There, there's some there's some pretty good safeties to be had in round and uh, on day two. You know, Richie Grant from Central Florida. Andre Sisco is a name where it would it'll be very, very exciting if he's in your secondary because he's going to make a big play there for the other team or for your team. Uh, he, he's someone who you know, could have some value with him uh, in round three as uh, as someone who could flip uh, who could flip the game for the defense, you know, someone who can actually go out there and get some interceptions. One thing where I'm not really as on board for as a lot of other people is taking a, a running back in rounds two or three. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I really like Devontae Williams. Um, I really like Etienne. I really like Najee Harris. But I think there's just more needs for this team uh, on the secondary, maybe even at uh, offensive guard than at running back because running back that feels more like a luxury pick. Falcons did pick up Mike Davis and not to say that uh, the Falcons have an incredible stable of running backs by any means. Davis did fine in Carolina last year, backing up for Christian McCaffrey, who was out for, for a while, but, I, I would not I wouldn't really be too happy if we went out there in the second round and, and spent our high second round pick on a running back just because this team has so many defensive needs and definitely I think a priority 
should be and will be to rebuild that secondary, especially. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat with the running back. I, I as, as you said, I do like those uh, three running backs. I'm, I'm not as high on ETN as others, but like certainly I, I don't think you can argue that he isn't deserving of, of being a top 50 pick, but like, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I could be fine with a running back in round three or later, like round three or four. I feel like that's the ideal spot to pick up somebody with Mike Davis. But you know, part of it is, as you mentioned, I think the Falcons have other needs, other positions that they could address. Um, and we're, you know, edge rusher, I think there's a good chance that you might be right that a Gregory Rousseau or a similar sort of first round talent that people have been mocking for these last couple of months could be there at 35. You could certainly address the offensive line that a lot of people want the team to address at the top of the draft in round two. Um, obviously you say you can probably get one of the top safeties in this draft class in round two. You could potentially upgrade cornerback in round two or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so I feel like there are better options. And, and then you couple that with like the short shelf life of a running back where it's, it's kind of at this point in time, it's kind of a one contract player. And if you hit on one of these other positions, you know, you're potentially getting a guy that could wind up playing seven to 10 years in Atlanta. And, and while it is intriguing to sort of see the potential of a Najee Harris type being that sort of workhorse, that Michael Turner type in Atlanta. I just don't know if that's a great bet. I think you're, I don't know. I don't, I like these running backs, but I don't know if I like them like that, where I feel like they're going to be feature workhorse guys. And the other thing about running backs is it's like the opposite of quarterback where, you know, with quarterback right now, you have to like hit on it and you could be stuck without one. Running backs can be had every single off season. Like there's just so much saturation at the position and the Falcons, I, I don't think it would be the worst case scenario for them to go into this season with Mike Davis as the RB1, you know, with Ito Smith, Quadri Allison. Falcons have spent some day three picks on running backs the past few years. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world if they went in with a running back by committee approach this year and then look to address running back next next offseason when hopefully there aren't as many holes to fill on this roster. Now, I know my, my last question for you today is, I'm I'm sort of trying to get these big picture narratives and I'm wondering from your perspective, like when we're sitting there on Sunday on May 2nd and draft is over, we're contemplating all the moves that the Falcons have made. We've allowed them to sort of marinate. Uh, what's sort of the narrative that you're expecting to come out of this draft? Perhaps, you know, one narrative would be, Hey, this team is, went after a quarterback and is laying the foundation for the future for the next five to 10 years of this organization. Or it's just like, they're out there filling holes, um, you know, or they're out there building around Matt Ryan and trying to get the most out of Matt Ryan's twilight years. One could be laying the foundation for Dean pieces in his defense for the next five to 10 years. One could be getting more physical in the trenches. I'm just curious from your perspective, you know, what sort of narrative would you like to be able to see, say about this draft class as a whole? And then what sort of narrative do you think we will eventually see? I think the Falcons right now with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, they definitely, you know, could squeeze out, you know, some, they could squeeze out some, some winning seasons, you know, in the twilight of the Matt Ryan era. So, I mean, one thing I'd like to see is that, that, that the Falcons are out there, you know, retooling, you know, for right now for these last couple of years, making a run, but at the same time, having that eye toward the future, having that foresight to not just go all in right now and then be stuck holding the bag after Matt Ryan is, is finished so one one way that I can definitely see that happening and one 
and my preference as as I've stated throughout uh, this episode is taking that quarterback for the post Matt Ryan era. But then after that, with some of those other picks, retooling that defense, rebuilding that offensive line a little bit, and just trying to kind of have our cake and eat it too, uh, where you're trying to to win now, to not waste uh, the last couple of, year, of years of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, because you know these guys re- are you know generational players for the Falcons. You know Ryan's the best quarterback in team history, and Julio is one of the best wide receivers of all time. So they, you can still get something from them. You can still p- potentially make a run at the playoffs. But you, you don't want to be so short-sighted to where you're only looking at that because I, you know, I don't think that this team is really built for the Super Bowl this year and maybe not even next year. So you definitely want to have that eye toward the future as well. And I think Terry Fontenot will will definitely proceed as such. Okay, a balanced approach of, you know, one pick for the future I and mean, what like eight picks for for the now. I guess you could say for the at least regular relatively short term. Yeah, but it is the pick for the future is the biggest one, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. Um, Adnan, I appreciate you you joining me. Go ahead and, and plug whatever you want to plug. Uh, yeah, you can uh, find me at thefalcoholic dot com. We're uh, covering the off season, and uh, you can find me every Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday night on YouTube on the Falcoholic Live. I do the show with Kevin Knight, with Eric Robinson, uh, Evan Birchfield. We have some uh, some great guests joining us weekly d- this off season, more or less. We had uh, Foya Lewican a few weeks ago. Um, uh, we had Josh Harris, the long, long snapper, last week. So, you know, it's just overall, you know, we talk Falcons, but we, we have a fun time with it as well. Uh, it's just a few of us kicking back, talking football. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that you didn't include Josh Harris when you were talking about generational players uh, currently with the Falcons. So we got my, my apologies. My apologies to Josh. We got to do right by Josh Harris these last. I think this is his contract year, so we got to get the most out of Josh Harris's last year uh, if it, if it winds up being that in Atlanta. You, you you know it's good because he's someone whom you never mention, and that's that's always a good thing when it comes to long snappers. You know, if Josh Harris was a household name, that would be a disaster. Yeah, uh, I, I I literally like people think I'm, I'm being sarcastic. I will literally fight people if they put any slander on Josh Harris's name. He's he him Young Way Koo, uh, and that's about it in terms of like people that are just like you know doing their job to the utmost of their abilities. Oh, are, 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 are they in that uh, in that Chauncey Davis? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, we'll be doing historian shootouts 15 years from now, and certainly Josh Harris will be the answer to, to many a question uh, on future episodes uh, of that. So I, I, I do appreciate you coming on and, and joining me, and hopefully – uh, we'll get uh, another opportunity this summer, and hopefully, you know, I don't know what that will be, but uh, I'll be curious to get your thoughts and revisit some of these topics post-draft uh, to s- see what you think of what Terry ultimately did. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. All right, man. All right, guys. Anand Ikich, Falcoholic, and we'll be getting his cohort that you mentioned, Kevin Knight, on tomorrow's episode. And, you know, I want to get Kevin's thoughts on that sort of big picture question, but also sort of pick his brain on some similar and some different topics. 
that we can get into uh, on tomorrow's episode. If you have any feedback that you want to provide to me on anything that you heard on today's episode, anything that you've heard on previous episodes or anything you want me to talk about on future episodes, of course you can hit me up on Twitter at lockdown Falcons on Facebook at lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to lockdown Falcons at mail.com. Appreciate it guys. Till then.